what you want yeah, to set off this you. time, or can't you tell us? What? what? <laughs> no, I'm, Are you on the... I'm not actually on a set this time. <laughs> oh, right. No, I'm, okay. actually, I'm not actually on a set. This is another Let's one. get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that this week is coming to you from the bar area of the Solihull Arden Club, <laughs> which is a which is a tennis club. I mean, this is this is just really really weird. It's kind of like I'm doing a little bit of a tour. My name is Tosin, and I am your host of the show. And I am based up in the Midlands, as you might guess, seen as I'm in Solihull. And joining me on the Isle of Wight are Sharon, hello, and Sean. Hiya. So, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm really good. I've come back off holiday, so I had a, and I had a real bonus. I'm just going to tell you real quickly, just so I went in. Yeah. I went to stand. I was stand twelve thirty flight in the afternoon. I was due on. They were desperate for people because they wanted some people, and it was overbooked to go standby. I said, "What will you give me?" They said, "Well, we'll put you up in a hotel for for the afternoon. We'll give you food. We'll get you out on the nine thirty flight, and we'll give you six hundred euros." Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so so that was quite nice. So, yeah, so that's what I did. So I ended up watching, I went and watched a bit of the rugby at the hotel, yeah. had some had some dinner, and then I watched, I went out and watched Lawrence of Arabia because it was the only thing really yeah. on the hotel room TV. So, so there you go. And then nice. I went off and caught the flight, off I went. Yeah, yeah. nice one. So that's me. People always tell me those stories, and it never happens to me. I never, I never, <laughs> I think, I think the one I'm a, time. I'm a lucky guy, Toes, I think. I think the one time it actually happened where there was a possibility of going on standby, we were flying out for a wedding, and my wife was like, "No way, no way are we, <laughs> no way are we dicing with this thing." And I was like, "Oh, but standby, give us money." <laughs> but I never, I never like, I never get to do it. But good to have you back, Sean. Good to have you back. Thank you, thank you. We are at a, we are at an orphanage again, or something like that. Yeah, and I did actually go to see one of our movies tonight while I was over there. Oh, all right, cool. Oh. Good yeah. so, no, but Sean, Sean, while you were out there, was this another trip for the orphanage? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, cool. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, we don't have that much time today, but one of these days you're going to have to tell us more about that. Okay, yeah, I will another time. Yeah, so now this is going to be one of those shows where we've taken a break and we've just come back. I mean, if we take a break and we come back, I mean, I think we haven't recorded a new podcast for two weeks. I mean, the last couple of weeks have been giving you either interviews with Superfan Nina last week or the week before where we just forgot about putting anything up. But so, yeah, so um, whenever we have one of these things, we come back and it's a glut of things that we have seen. So at the moment, we have five movies that we've seen over the past two weeks and four things on Netflix. Hello? Yeah, we're here. Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah we yeah. have had a bumper viewing... Session. Yeah, we have had a, we've had loads of viewing sessions. Yeah. We? yeah, yeah, and I think we're going to have to come back next week and talk about this because we don't we really actually don't have time to talk about the fact that nowadays you know we're, our show is called Netflix versus Cinema, and we have like a confluence because we have Martin Scorsese who is at the moment advertising or he's he's doing all the press stuff for The Irishman, which is going to be coming out on Netflix. Most people who are going to see this are going to see this on Netflix, and he has he said a very contentious thing in the while. Where he's talking oh, about the Marvel stuff, yeah. About the Marvel movies, saying that they are not cinema. And that is a big, juicy piece of meat that we don't have time for right now. 
but we <laughs> but we will get stuck into that next week we will get stuck into that next week and see what we think see as we're talking about netflix versus cinema when we say versus cinema what are we talking about are we not allowed to talk about marvel movies anymore we will find out we will see but we, shall we launch right into this launch right yeah and let's let's kick off in cinema let's kick off with a film that i know that we've all seen and the film that i think like it's 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 a big noise shall i shall we say and that is terminator dark fate yeah uh-huh. terminator dark fate this was the one that i saw in in thailand oh right oh, yeah. and I even, so. do you know yeah. what it works really good i think it's great over there because I, I went it was a lovely cinema and they have they have the trailers between adverts so yep. you didn't right. get like a whole mass of adverts which people never come over here so yeah. you, you had trailer advert trailer advert trailer advert trailer yeah can you please stand for the national anthem of Ooh. our king <laughs> so stand for the national anthem yeah. and then the film starts they used to do that over here i believe you used to start the national anthem at the end yeah yeah at the end yeah, yeah. So. and everyone used to run before the national anthem so they didn't have to stand still <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that was an experience so it was great it was it was good yeah <laughs> Yeah, I the experience. The, the experience. The film. We might have to talk about that bit later. But anyway. <laughs> well, well, yeah, the experience of watching a film in Thailand. I remember I, I did that once, and I was with a friend. And when he came, she was like, "Get up, get up!" I was like, "What? What?" She was like, "You have to stand," <laughs> because apparently <laughs> they take they take it really, really seriously in the cinema in Thailand. If you do not stand yeah. when the picture of the king comes up and the national anthem plays. So, That's it. Terminator Dark Fate. Sharon, do you want to kick off? And very quickly, I think we're going to have about five minutes of film this week. So, but very quickly, tell us what this film's all about. Okay. Terminator Dark Fate makes the assumption that only two films in the Terminator universe exist. Yep. The Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah. I forget the subtitle of it. And so, Judgment basically, Day. It, it takes you to events after Terminator 2. So, we've had that, the liquidy. Terminator comes back and tries <laughs> to kill Sarah Connor and John Connor again. The T-1000. Um, and, you know, Arnie's like an old-school Terminator model who tries to, who's been sent out the T-800. to kill John Connor. So, that's right. <laughs> I'm not very good at these, the, the minutia. And so, um, this is the situation we're in. So, this is basically it's like, it's like real time has passed. It's like 20 years or 30 years after this first Terminator film. Yeah. We now see a much older Sarah Connor. Life has not been good to her. Events have happened. Yeah. And a she encounters a new Terminator unit who is after a a different target. Yeah. And so she has basically become involved with this other target because she um, is, has been made aware that whenever a Terminator arrives, she gets these anonymous text messages. Yeah. Weird. So she goes to where a Terminator arrives and she tries to to get rid of the Terminator units before they can actually uh, latch onto their target in that moment of vulnerability when they first arrive. Yeah. So she's aware that there's a Terminator unit has arrived. She doesn't know why, or but she knows where. So she turns up, and then she's drawn into this whole new story where there's a Terminator unit trying to pursue a target, and there's another Terminator unit, very much in the second film vein, who is trying to protect the target. As well. So you've got these sort of... Enhanced. An enhanced human who is a yeah. an enhanced yeah. human sent back to protect the target. Um, and so you have, yes, it sort of mirrors part of what's gone on in the first film, and that gives nods to what happened in the second film. Yeah. And then it sort of takes it on in a different direction. It sort of says, okay, these events have happened. This is a new timeline. This is the co- these are the ripples. You throw a stone into ponds. You have ripples. Yeah. And you have ripples in time. And yeah. you have ripples in 
the dark state of the world. So this is one of the ripples that has gone out and it has a different consequence. All right. Thank you very much, Sharon. So now, what did we think of the film, Sean? Okay. Okay. Um, what did I think of the film? Well, what can I say? I thought, oh, this looks good. It's going to be a bit little good. It's just packed with full of inconsistency. And my <laughs> my my Shawnee radar super spy defense takes over. Well, I mean, I could go on one of a five-minute rant about, I mean, even the car chase at the beginning, right? Where's the consistencies? You know, you, you, you've got a thing that's absolutely decimating cars, but when it comes to the main car, it just pushes it, you know what I mean? Instead of, <laughs> and and you've got all, do you know what I mean? It's like, come on, let's have some consistency here, what this thing's doing, and then all of a sudden it's not doing the same thing. It was a bit like the silence with the, the things were really, really fast and really bad, and then they had to try and hack into the car, and it took them like 20 years. And so that really, and the plane, the place. plane, don't even go with the plane, you know? <laughs> nah, so, so, um, but having said all that, right, and I could go on. The best thing about it was Sarah Connor herself. Yeah, yep. no, Linda Hamilton. She was brilliant. Linda Hamilton back as Sarah Connor. She's a real yeah, Linda Hamilton, spot on, absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And well, I mean, so yeah, that was enjoyable. So although I can moan, I, I might be a bit forgiving <laughs> of it right, because it was quite fun. I didn't like hate it, but I was just like, oh come on, let's have some. I mean, that plane is. If you're going to have rules. Yeah, if you're going to have rules, you know. Yeah, there's, got to be, yeah, there's no consistency there, you know. Okay. You, uh, but even our. Pardon? I was going to say, sure, but the funny thing is, I reckon that if you went back to Terminator 2 and watched it again, you would see the same inconsistencies. Yeah. I have only. It's one of these things. I love Terminator. I love Terminator 1. I mean, yeah, Terminator like, 1 was class. It was like my, Super class. One of my teenage films. So it. I got watched it at the right time, and I just thought it was fantastic. But I didn't love Terminator 2. I didn't like the way the story had to be. To me, that wasn't linear, but I didn't think those characters would, would grow in that way. So I didn't love to. So for me, I was sort of, sort of and having all these other reinventions of the Terminator franchise, I was sort of over Terminator a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I did watch it. I did think no good points about it. I thought the attempts at humour were probably ill-judged and they just weren't very funny. Oh, yeah. Especially with Arnie's Terminator when he appears again and he's, like, talking about curtains. Uh, to me, I just thought <laughs> it's an attempt at humour. It didn't really work. Um, so some of the, the things that I think we're supposed to get alongside and emphasise with, it didn't work for me. So I thought it was OK, but I didn't love it. Okay. I actually thought that Arnie in the film, I thought that there were things that they did with him that I just thought were actually quite funny. And Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. but the thing, the thing about the film as well is, bearing in mind that the last Terminator film that we got was Terminator Genesis, or Genesis, or whatever you call it, which, yes. was a, which was a film that we had a massive sort of like rant about, and we just totally pretty much destroyed, because as we said on that film, it was, I thought it started off well, and then it just sort of like rot, rotted little by little as you went along until at the end of the film you were like, oh, please just make it stop. Please, please, please that, make it stop. That's, that's, that's what I thought. That was my feelings, Toast. Yeah. And, and so with this one, with Dark Fate, I mean, to be honest with you, every single trailer that's been released has not filled me with hope. I've thought, this is a bunch of, this doesn't look good. I don't know what they're doing here. So I went to watch this film with a lot of trepidation. And I feel like, I think I said something on Facebook afterwards. I was like, it feels like, Every other Terminator movie has felt like somebody has heard of the idea of Terminator and has come up with a bad karaoke version of it. 
And this one, mm. I feel like, is someone who actually understands what's at the heart of the Terminator franchise. The problem with it is that it ends up being a bit samey. It, it's, it's kind of like, you, it, it follows the format of a Terminator film. Is that, okay, somebody is, two people are sent back in time from the future to want to protect this person, want to try and kill this person. They try and kill this person, it ends up being this relentless chase, 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 chase. And then there is a sacrifice made to sort of save this person and to save a celebration of the future. And that's pretty much what it does. And, uh, and so I was kind of like, okay, that is the format of a Terminator movie. I don't think it, uh, they've tried to do other formats with it and it hasn't quite worked. And yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. sorry, Tony. Yeah, yeah, no, carry on. Yeah, I was just thinking the first, like Sharon picked up on this point, like at the start of the movie, it was like, they, it was like the first one mm. and yeah. it was like the second one with the, with the chasers. So it's that the same. And it was almost trying to be the same. It was like, I reckon that, that he's trying to reboot it to maybe a to new audience, it, a bit like yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where instead of having a Death Star, you had a Death Planet. Yeah. But basically, it was the same as Episode 4, I thought. Yeah. Did yeah. you see that? You know, you the, yeah. Because it was just they basically the same. They tried to mirror it to draw in... Yeah. A nod for the old fans and a drawing the new yeah. fans. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost, I mean, it's, in, it's almost like they're, they're essentially saying, okay, guys, we know we know that the other ones have messed up, but let, let's just remind... Let's just, Let's just let you know, yes, this is the Terminator. This is, we do know what it is that we have here. But I, at the same time, I thought it was different enough from Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 to be its own thing. Like, there were a couple of things that I was saying about, like, um, like, what, uh, like I like the way that they bring Sarah Connor back into it. I think Linda Hamilton is excellent in this film. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I think Mackenzie Davis as Grace, the new... Um, the, sort of the new protector. She's not a Terminator, but she's an enhanced human. I thought she was awesome. I thought she was absolutely kick-ass. I just, I, I, I just, I really, really liked her. I liked the characterization. I liked the interplay. And it's obviously a film that's been made for, and like another film that we've watched this week, it's obviously a film that's been made for nowadays because you have a female, it's a female-led cast. It's not so much about that's the men it. running around. It's a female-led cast. It's a very, it's almost kind of like, you know, it's, it, there's a bit of it where I was thinking this could be called Terminator, colon, me too. And it's, but, but I, I really like the film, even though there were some bits I was like, okay, that's, that's recycling that. That's okay. Obviously, it's a Terminator film, so obviously that's going to happen. And it's almost, and I think the film itself is almost a commentary on the fact that the central, the central theme of the Terminator is a little bit stupid. Because if you can go back, if you can go back in time and if you can change things, you just keep sending back robots. One fails, you just send another one back. One fails, you just keep sending them back and sending them back and sending them back. And it's almost as if like the the film almost sort of acknowledges that. Like, okay, cool, so this is finished, but what's gonna happen? Next week, so we finish all this stuff today. Don't worry, tomorrow there's gonna be another Terminator going to try and kill us. And I think that's a problem that is inherent in the center of the Terminator franchise and the way the Terminator franchise works. That mm. is just that. Well, when's it going to end? It's never going to end because you've set up a world in which you can travel back in time and change your present by changing the past. And well, that's 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 why I think that um, that's why I'm saying that I think it's a reboot because they're hoping to get a whole new audience, perhaps a younger audience. Because I mean, this has got a lot of possibilities. It can go a lot of places, yeah, can't it? Yeah, you know, it can, can do. They can. It's, it's just they left it open for for a whole new idea, really. Yeah, yeah. It could it could go to a whole bunch of places, and that's the problem I have. The problem I have is that. Okay, it's all well and good, but essentially you've set up a world in which the same thing is going to keep happening over and over and over again, and there's nothing to stop it. So, <laughs> so it, 
it's it's a little bit of a problem for the franchise, which I mean, like, so okay, this film's finished, but even the way this the way that they deal with the end of Terminator Two in this film, it makes me think, well, it's it's never gonna end. It's just gonna keep going forever. There's there's no mm. stopping it. It's a bit like one of those. As time travel, as time travel for you. Well, that's it's it's a version of time travel, which like for instance, there's it's a, it's a version of time travel that I don't particularly agree with. It's just it's a movie time travel thing. It's a it's a Back to the Future type of time travel. I think it's different from like a Twelve Monkeys time travel, where it's like something has happened, it has happened, you can't change it, it has happened. But so, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I would, I would, but having said that, I would give it four out of five. But I really don't know where they can go with this franchise. I don't know where else they can go with it. Okay. I'd give it a three, three out of five. Yeah, I would say just purely for the fact that it's. I mean, although. I didn't hate it and I thought it was quite enjoyable. There were I did have a lot few issues with it, so I'll give it a three star as well. For okay, me. it's cool. a three star. So we're gonna go with three point five. Oh my god, and we have half an hour and we have like what seven films to talk about. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. We're... So we, be- we better be quicker then, eh? Yeah. That... I mean I can go f- I can go through mine pretty quick as you know, Toes, so Yeah, yep, okay, cool. You know. Alright, let's uh let's go over to Okay, let's talk about the big hitters because it's getting to the point where with Netflix and cinema, so you know each week we have a premiere in the cinema and almost every week Netflix is now bringing out a big hitter or something that you have to talk about. And Sharon, you have two things that you saw that have been talked about like, oh yeah, you have to talk about this. So let's talk about The King. The King. Yes. Yeah, The King is basically a retelling of Shakespeare's Henry V. Yep. It looks at young Prince Hal and his mate Falstaff mm-hmm. and looks at how Prince Hal became Henry V of England and how he carries on this long-running feud, Hundred Years' War, with the French that culminates in the Battle of Agincourt. So you get... It touches on all the same points as you had in Henry V. You've got the young house sort of roistering about and messing around. Um, you, 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 he encounters um, Henry Hotspur uh, in, on the battlefield, and so where he sort of tests his manhood. Uh, he's sort of seen as this ne'er-do-well who's not going to inherit the throne. His father, Henry IV, Henry Bolingbroke, decides that he's going to favour his younger son to inherit rather than Henry. Yeah. And that doesn't happen because his younger brother is then killed in battle. Yeah. Another battle with the with the Welsh. <laughs> and so Henry, young Howe, becomes Henry V of England. Okay. And through a, sort of political machinations and through dynastic you know, rivalry, he ends up at battle, in at war with France, and then you see it all played out on the field of Agincourt, where he goes up against the Dauphin of France, who's played by Robert Patterson in this film. Yeah. Um, quite humorously, quite over the top, but does it well. Yeah. Um, this French fop, and you see them, yeah, this sort of the two squaring off against the battlefield of the mud and the rain and the slaughter of Agincourt. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's if you know your Henry V then there's there's no surprises here, but yes, it's done in a in, in a, a different way, in a more yeah, way. so so yeah. not Shakespearean language. It's almost. not it's modern, no, language, modern and language. He's like a Henry V for a new generation. Yeah. Can oh. I ask you what are the battle scenes like and are they very long or are they They're not long. They're not oh. as deep and I don't think they 
have followed the battle plan as strictly as they've, they've, no, no, no. they've hit on a couple of touch points of it. Yeah. But some of the events, like killing of all the French prisoners, they haven't done that as part of the battle. They've no. done that as like an afterthought. Oh, they kill them all. But, but what I mean is compared to, like, say, the Lord of the Rings battles. Oh, yeah, they have done... They, I think they've done it. They've tried to make it realistic that yeah. it's a melee. It's chaotic. It's yeah, violent. Like yeah. People yeah. are falling over in the mud and they yeah. don't, can't get up because of the armor. Right. That people are scrapping and you can't tell friend from foe because everyone looks alike when they're covered in mud and yeah. hacking at each other with swords. And that the people who die, it's it's by mischance as much as anything else. It's not because the better soldier has won. It's because you know you've stood on a bit of grass rather than on a bit of slippery mud. Yeah. So. You do see like this sort of the fickle finger of fate saying like a you slip and fall you die. Yeah, because and so you see the chaotic chaos of of this what a melee would be in this sort of medieval battlefield. Yeah. Because so yeah, it's very well done, and you see the armor that they're weighted down. They're like got chainmail. They've got plate armor. They're carrying these long swords, and they are they this stuff weighs. pounds and pounds and pounds so they don't move fast and the horses have got knights in armour on them and they're armoured so the horses don't gallop along the field you know Um, so yeah the battlefields they've tried to do them as realistic as possible but are they good? they're good yeah yeah because because I saw the trailer for this and it looked a little bit like okay Shakespeare given sort of modernish language and given a given a bit of the, the Game of Thrones treatment yeah, not so much the Game of Thrones. I think they've tried to tone it. They haven't gone for the, um, the the sex and violence in the same way. The violence is quite restrained, realistically. Oh, really? So people, yeah, it's. I mean, there is violence in it, but you can see how that when you're someone's when you're fighting a knight who's wearing armor, yeah. your vulnerabilities are your neck, your armpits, and your groin. Yeah. And so you see them like stabbing at each other, trying to stab each other in the armpits. It's not these great big sword battles, and it is sort of grim and dirty and unpleasant because you know they're looking for those weak spots in their armor yeah which is yeah these just these sort of three basically key areas on or the back of the knee um you know where you're not armored so the fighting is not glamorized really it's quite gritty and there's no sort of sex in it or nudity or uh, it's inferred when you see him sort of like hanging around with prostitutes and stuff you don't see any yeah any nudity or anything so it's more i think more political than i think it is sort of, you know, populist. Oh. But it's, I thought it was done very well. It reminded me in some ways of the Outlaw King. That the, the, the I, was, yeah, I was wondering about that. that. I didn't mind that too much. Yeah, yeah they sort of, I think they saw how successful that was and thought, yeah, we can do this. We can do real historical drama without sort of really sort of watering down the history too much. They've done yeah. a little bit of smoothing out and creating like a baddie. Uh, Whereas history is a bit murky about the causes and the effects of different things. So I think they've done it very well. I think if you like the outlaw king, then you would certainly like the king. Oh, so and I- Timothy Chalamet makes a very good Henry V, I thought. To me, he looked very thin, but I thought in those days, they weren't all beefed up no. and yeah. muscular. A lot of these people were, compared to us, you know, with our modern nutrition, they were actually quite slim. When you see suits of armour, you think, I couldn't get into one of those. And this was for a, an adult man who'd been training all his life, you know. So you see that these, um, these men weren't huge. So at one point I thought, oh, he's very thin, isn't he? <laughs> but then I think that's probably more historically accurate than you see these beefed up, muscled people because they just didn't have the nutrition for that. Oh, okay. So cool. So with, uh, so with that, um, obviously you know you're Henry V. 
you know your you know yeah. your historical epics and everything like that. And you said you quite enjoyed it. Oh, what were the performances like? I know you've mentioned Timothy Chalamet. There's Robert Pattinson. I know there's Sean yeah. Harris. Oh, Sean, Sean Harris. Harris was very Sean good. Harris. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, Sean of, of Harris. Very, he's, only, he's only naturally he's good in everything he does. He plays <laughs> yeah. such a nasty character. He yeah, he plays Dorset in this, so <laughs> he does it yeah. very oh, Dorset, well. Yeah. Sure, sure. And the same time, Dorset, I remember no. in Harry Brown. He's William. You know? He's William. I remember him in Harry Brown. Yeah, well, you know, he yeah. Plays, it's like what? Play particularly but nice no, characters. No, some of them they're all beardy, so it's, yeah. it's like is he beardy number one or is he beardy number two? <laughs> and you lose track of who the the actual which historical actors are because he looks very similar to another actor, like this sort of. Oh, yeah. One of the Northumberlands. He looks the Northumberland and Dorset and this guy called William. They all look very similar, and you're thinking, okay, are you the Duke of Northumberland or are you the Duke of Dorset? Okay, so you do lose who they are a little bit, but he sort of carries it. He does come into his own, Sean Harris, through this. Okay. Yeah. For 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 anybody for anybody who's listening to this and doesn't know Sean of our podcast, his full name is <laughs> Sean Harris. So, <laughs> so indeed. So, so I feel I feel like you have a I feel like you have a oh a kid just threw a paper aeroplane at me. <laughs> yeah. Phew. That was a. Very actually, I'd like to ben, meet him. I'd like to meet him because I think he is a cl- good actor. Yeah. Very I think good he's, he's, a, he's a he's a great actor. And actually, Ben Mendelsohn is quite good as Henry Bolingbroke. Oh, I like him as well. He can go over the top yeah. of it, and yeah. this he did play that. He's he's a weak man, hmm. a weak king. Yeah. But you can see how he got where he was oh, by yeah. being crafty and by doing what he had to do to get there. So he played. He played Henry the Fourth, Henry Bonham, but very well, I thought. Okay. That's Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like it's a mixed cast of internationals. Yeah. yeah. But you, there weren't too many shonky accents. I mean, Robert Pattinson's accent was like at the limit of what we'd say was yeah. real <laughs> French. But French sounded differently in those days anyway, because mm. you know, everyone spoke the language differently. Yeah. Apparently, most Spot- Scottish so, monarchs sounded yeah. French anyway. So, so how many uh, how many stars would you give that? I would give it four stars, Ooh. and I would give four stars as well to. Joel Edgerton, who plays Falstaff, I thought he was oh, excellent right. in it, actually. He had a spot-on northern accent. His physical performance was just excellent. So I would give it four stars, and I'd give some of the performances four stars as well. You know, I think, I think Joel, Joel Edgerton is actually massively, massively underrated. Oh, he completely transforms in this. I mean, he is yeah. Falstaff. He is what you'd imagine Falstaff would be. Okay. All right. And in... Uh, in uh, Okay, I think sh- uh, we might have to do se- separate five-minute sort of like talks about each of these films. If you want, if there was anything else you wanted to say about that, Sharon, we might have to put it into a separate thing <laughs> and, yeah. and move on. So let's go back to cinema. And Sean, we're going to go with you. Zombieland, t- Double Tap. Zombieland, Double Tap. Yeah. So, so this is okay. a sequel to the first Zombieland movie, which I quite liked. Uh, but the problem was that I had trouble finding this anywhere playing around me. It was playing at weird, weird times. But go ahead. What was it about? Right. What was it? Look, okay. Look, we know what it's about. Zombieland. What was it like? Zombieland, basically what it says on the tin, you know, it's like a, a fan going around, clashes with zombies, you know, in different situations at different times and different characters popping in and out. Yeah. Um, I think the first one's very overrated myself. Ooh. I mean, I know people love it, what? but I think the first what one's the very, hell? very overrated. But then I think, <laughs> but then I think Shaun, Shaun of the Dead is overrated no, too. No, what the hell, so, Shaun? I know, sorry, guys. I, I mean, they're good films, don't get me wrong. They're good films, but they're overrated. They are so overrated, in my opinion, for, for me, anyway. But anyway, so we got this double, Zombieland double tap. So it's the same characters. You've got Woody Harrelson um, and his, his little group of cronies. Columbus, that, Columbus Tallahassee, Tallahassee, your name. Wichita, Little Rock. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and they're living in the White House for a little while. And then um, Little Rock decides, or, or I mean, I've forgotten who the cast are. but Abigail, Abigail Breslin. She, 
she's getting she's getting fed up. So uh, must be um, yeah, Little Rock. She decides she's going to yeah. go off, and, and they meet this stoner hippie dude, and so she goes off. And the others get worried and decide they're going to try and try and find her. And they go up. They they go. Oh, we know where we're going to go. Let's go to Gracelands. Let's go to Elvis's place. Um, so they go there, and then they go other place. They go to this other place called. Um, what, what, yeah. Well, to be honest with you, Sean, <laughs> Sean, I've got to tell you something. This is a film that I'm looking at, and I'm thinking that the plot of this film is inconsequential. This film should not be about a plot whatsoever. Because <laughs> There's no plot to this movie. No. There's no, which is why I can talk about it really good because yeah. I don't like talking plots. I just like about yeah. the action. Yeah, yeah. But, um, because for me, I think that this film should just be about the characters and hanging out with these characters and watching them kill zombies. That's yeah. about it. Well, well, I'm not a huge fan of Woody Harrelson anyway. Which is which so is what, yeah, no. the only the only the only thing he's been really good in was two, three billboards outside Eben, Missouri. Eben, Missouri. Yeah. But the rest, I, I cannot stand a guy personally. He's one of my. He's one of my Johnny Gucci or whatever his name. What's the name? Stanley, Stanley, Stanley Tucci. Tucci. Stanley Tucci and all them. Uh, you know, he's one of those. If you're going to hate the really, guy, at really... least get his name right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanley <laughs> Tucci. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's, let's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm joshing a little bit here, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not a major fan of his. Jesse Eisenberg, I quite like in some stuff, mm. but he plays Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> you, you know, I've, I haven't seen him play any... Any... He's still playing the original he's, Columbus, isn't yeah. he? He's yeah. Columbus in everything yeah. he does, basically. Yeah. There is, there, there is, a, there is a, a little bit in this movie where they do meet a couple of people that are very similar to them, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, not all. You know, oh, you've got rules as well. Oh, yeah, I got rules. Yeah, I don't call them rules. Yeah. I call them, you know. Anyway, so you got, you got a little bit that, there. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's basically a lot of characters getting into silly situations and you know, doing. Zombie stuff, slaying yeah. things. Oh, so, so, is there the humour? Is there a cameo? Is there a hidden cameo like there was in the first one? Uh, after credit scene. Oh, was there? Okay. And, and that, I thought, oh, it's going to redeem itself. And then that fell on its ass. Oh. <laughs> it's like, Sorry about that. Sorry, language. But it started off really, really good. We thought, yeah, because it, it does, you know, you've got you've, you've got after credit thing where yeah. before before the, the apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, happen, or it's ha- it happens at that particular time, you know. Someone's getting interviewed, and then they, you know, so yeah, so no, I didn't like this movie. Oh wow, okay. Oh, I didn't like this movie at all. All right, so how many stars would you give it? Uh, I mean, I it wasn't for the fact that I was sort of wanting to get out, wanting to get away, and everything like that, but just wasn't wasn't very good. But I will, I, you know, I'm just try, I'm try, trying to weigh it up because I don't want to be too harsh on it because I don't think it. I think I'm gonna. It's just gonna to have to be a three, really. I think I'm gonna to have to give this a three and okay. at, the bottom, at the bottom end. But if it's on a decent time, I yeah. do intend to see it because yeah, I yeah. did like Zombieland. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was, you know, it was just trying to cash in so on the first one. One of my one. friends says, shout out quickly to Rachel, my friend who does listen to this yeah. our show. Oh yeah, and she has seen Zombieland too as well, and she said it wasn't as good as the first one. That was right, her okay. assessment, basically. Yeah. Well, no, I mean it's not as good. It's definitely not as good as the first one, and I, I didn't particularly. Think there was anything special, anything different, or anything exciting in it? Uh, oh, hang, okay, cool. But I think I think Sharon just buried the lead there. We have another listener. We have another listener. Yeah, Ooh. Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hello, in Rachel. How are Hi, you? Hi, Rachel. How are you doing, Rachel? <laughs> how you doing there yeah as, as i said yeah. as i said like okay oh, essentially for me right anytime anybody shows us any kind of um any kind of attention i'm like oh cool get them on the show get them on the show <laughs> so so rachel whether you want to or not we are coming for you <laughs> right. 
<laughs> All right, cool. Now let's go back to what we just we just did cinema. So we're gonna go back to thing. Okay, I'm gonna talk about American Housewife really, really quickly. So American Housewife is a it it's a sitcom, but like you know how nowadays sitcoms are being made in such a way that you, it's not so much the canned laughter in the live studio audience, but it's like a single camera thing and all that kind of stuff. Things like Scrubs and all that. And American Housewife is in that and. Oh, I've seen Have you seen there's like toes and there's like seventy eight episodes of what American Housewife? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the first. Is that two right? Seasons. Am, I, am I seeing that right? Oh, right, you've seen the first two I've seasons. The, yeah, ah. I've seen the first two seasons. Yeah, each, each, four seasons. Each, no. each season. There's four seasons. I thought there were only three. Each, but each season is about twenty four episodes. So yeah, yeah, that sounds round about right. Well, it's half an hour, so it's well, actually, it's less than half. An hour. It's about 20, 20 something minutes because of American adverts and all that. So it zooms by pretty quickly. And it stars an actress called um, Katie Mixon, who I have loved in things for ages. I think she was brilliant in a show called Eastbound and Eastbound and Down. She was in Mike and Molly. She played Molly's sister, and um, in and in this, she plays. Uh, she lives in the sort of in an area called Westport, Connecticut, which is famous for being the place where Paul Newman lives or, oh. or lived. And it's very, if you think Stepford Wives. So if you think like Stepford Wives, the whole area that she lives in is very, very Stepford Wivesy. In that, like, you know, all the mums look the same. They're all really, really skinny. They're all blonde, all that kind of stuff. And she isn't that kind of shape. So the first episode, it kicks off with her being worried because her neighbor, who she calls Fat Pam, is moving out of the house. And if she's moving out of the house, it means that she's going to become the second fattest housewife in Westport. <laughs> and so, and, but, it, but it goes up with that. It, it seems to start off with body image. But I actually find it really, really hard to review comedies, especially like sitcoms, because without talking about the jokes, which ruins them, it's hard to actually say what it's about. But I really, really like it. I think it's really, really true to sort of like a sort of family dynamic where you, I think it's really true to a family dynamic where you have like, you know, uh, um, a mom, dad, three kids, and it's all about her trying to make sure her kids are raised right. And you have... Oh, one of the kids is, is the youngest kid is Julia Butters, who you might not know the name, but Sean, I know that you know the character because she played the little girl Trudy in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Oh yes, yeah, the yeah, one yeah, who was, was a Western actor. Yeah. Yes. In the West. In the yes. Western. Miss Pumpkin. Yes. Miss Pumpkin uh, Puss. Puss Pumpkin. Yeah. Don't yeah. call me that. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me Pumpkin Puss. That's it. Pumpkin yeah. Puss. Yeah. 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 Oh wow! Yeah, the, the she plays the, the the young one who has a she has a, a one amazing scene with Leonardo DiCaprio, and, and and it's arguable that she steals that scene from him. <laughs> and she plays she plays the youngest kid who has like you know sort of like oh, sort of learning difficulties. But and apparently I think this is the show that Tarantino saw her in and went ooh, and then he wrote that character into the film of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, oh wow! Yeah, but the, the American Housewife is really really funny. All I can say is really funny. I think Katie Mixon is a brilliant comedic actress i think that she and me and my wife have been walking around because she's from florida and so she says things like again so where you like you know every word has a couple more syllables in it and stuff like that and we've been walking around just trying to do katie mixon impressions i really really enjoyed the show i would give american housewife seasons one and two four stars wow okay yeah okay cool so moving on uh let's see what else do we have okay cool this thing has just refreshed okay so moving on we now have let's go back to cinema and maleficent mistress of evil sharon take us away yeah this as you'd guess this is a sequel to the earlier disney film maleficent which was a the they had a they've been reimagining classic disney cartoons with live actors 
as it were. So Angelina Jolie personified Maleficent in the first film, and so she's back as Maleficent in this film, along with much of the other original cast. And this is basically trying to find a little bit about Maleficent's backstory, where she is, what sort of creature she is, where she comes from. And there's a a war between humans and the Fae once again, where they look at the Fae and they just see evil rather than different and different equates to evil in this world to some people yeah so there are obviously hidden meanings to some of that and so you get to see um yeah where maleficent comes from what her species is like and where what her a little bit about her origin story yep and you also get to see how a war with the fae how it would be conducted if you were bent on killing all the the creatures out there in the forest yep so you see the the tables almost turns it's not like the fae aren't the bad guys in this and the maleficent is not like she's called mistress of evil but that's you could say it's almost like an ironic title that she isn't the evil one in this she's the one who's trying to defend her people and trying and she becomes that's what i didn't like something different about it it's what i don't like about it. yeah so if you like like your maleficent as as Pure evil, basically. Pure evil, yeah. then this is not that no, Maleficent. No, I, I this is, that. it's because they're saying, if you look at her appearance, she looks like the mistress of evil, but yeah. actually, if you look into her heart, she's not, she's not, you know, yeah. evil to the core. Oh. There is a heart, a beating heart under that sort of ridged and stony chest. Uh, oh yeah, and that, and those, those horns, those magnificent, magnificent and horns. And those magnificent, maleficent horns. <laughs> so yes, this is a, Follow on to Sleeping Beauty, basically yeah. about and the, you have nods to the princesses and the the wimpy prince, and you have nods to the fairies and the creatures of the forests and a real evil queen, shall we say? Mm. So yeah, I enjoyed it as it is a it's a Disney made re- live, so I probably would enjoy it more than I would have an animated version. Mm. So yep. to me, it, <laughs> it, I found it as an enjoyable romp. I think it. Yeah, I lo- I liked it. I mean, I, I did, thought it was. I a did contemplate seeing it. I did think about it because I really love Maleficent, but it was there was other stuff around, so it would be further down. Yeah. You know, but I will catch up with it. I, 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 does, I, I mean, yeah. I didn't really enjoy the first one. No, you, I think we saw that together, didn't yeah. we? That one. I, I have yeah, to admit. I think if you, no. So I was going to say, I have to admit. I mean, this was on last. I think it was last week, and it was the main theme playing at the cinema. And there were probably about two or three times that I got myself when I went. What's on the cinema? <sighs> <laughs> and, I, and I just couldn't, <laughs> and I just couldn't be bothered to watch it. I still haven't seen the first one, but I know that it's kind of like a reimagining. Like they almost do like a wicked thing where it's like you think you knew Sleeping Beauty, ah, but how about this? How about Maleficent wasn't really the bad person who turned into a dragon at the end of the movie? Oh no, she was misunderstood. And I'd, I think Sean, a bit like you, I'm, uh, there's a bit of me that goes, "Why do you have to try and turn a bad guy into a good guy?" Yeah, <laughs> why? I know. Why she's not that? evil; she's misunderstood, and that's basically what the whole thing is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can see flaws in it. I mean, yeah. I can see flaws in their whole argument that you know, there's no such thing as evil. It's just people are different. And I think no, there is actually evil in this world, and we 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 know it is. But have, have you seen the cartoon version, Sharon? I have, yes. Animate, or I should say animated version. The animated sorry, one. Yes, yeah, so that's me saying cartoons. Yeah. I'm not trying to downplay its no, art no, form. No. It's an animated it's, it's yeah. an art form. So <laughs> it's it, an animated it's film. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it, but it's animated, so it's rubbish. So. Yeah, they just suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just my humble opinion. Okay, so, so 
So it, it, sound, it sounds like... There are flaws in it, and I think some of the characters are thinking, oh, I don't, this is very non-PC, but I want to say, oh, just man up. Yeah. Because some of, the, yeah. <laughs> some of them, you think, do you have to be so nice and Prince charming Just, you know... <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing, though, because... Man up. The, so this has Michelle Pfeiffer playing an evil queen, and I am always yeah. up for Michelle Pfeiffer playing an evil queen, as she did in Stardust. Awesome. <laughs> I am always yes. up for that. Michelle Pfeiffer. Actually, I'm up, I'm up for Michelle Pfeiffer in anything. The woman's just awesome. Yeah, she. She. Very, this is very much like a, a Stardust type character for her, where she is. You know, she's loving it, and yeah. you can tell that she's loving being this. She is the the mistress of evil. I think evil characters so much. There's so much more about them. I mean, I really liked. Was it called? Was the one? Was it called Mirror Mirrors? It's Snow White and the Huntsman. Snow White and the Huntsman. Snow White and Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron was awesome. Was awesome in that. The film was rubbish, but she was awesome. Snow White feel like going, oh, goodness sake. That's it. Yeah. Being naive. So yeah, I enjoyed it. It wasn't perfect, but I enjoyed it, and I thought it was just. And fairy tales are quite popular anyway. They're like novels and all sorts of things. People are like re-examining fairy tales for their hidden meaning and trying to reinvent them a little bit, not just make them all about the girl being rescued by the hero. It's about you know. Um, women empowering women type thing. So I, but I, but if you take away all that sort of the subtext, I, I just enjoyed it for a, quite a fun romp with with nice pretty dresses. Uh, <laughs> I've heard a lot. Pride, of, and, pride, pride and prejudice all over again. <laughs> you see, you see now this is the thing, right? I actually want to see this film for the dresses because I, you are the second person I've heard reviewing this film that's gone. Oh my god, the dresses. <laughs> and I want to see. I want to see what's so great about these dresses. So, how many stars would you give it? I'd give it a four. Actually, oh. I enjoyed it. Oh, a four! Nice. That is good. That is good. Oh, a four for Angelina Jolie's cheekbones. And um, and Sharon, if you're not out of breath, if you could go back to um, actually no 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 okay, actually no, I'll take it. I'll take it. We'll go back to Netflix. So this is not this is on Now TV, and I saw a TV show called Sharp Objects. Now this is an adaptation of a book called. Of sharp objects <laughs> by <laughs> by uh, Gillian Flynn, who is best known for writing Gone Girl. So she wrote uh, Gone Girl and she adapted that to the screen as well. So um, she's yeah, she's best known for writing Gone Girl. And this is a it's essentially one of these things about like you know you have a reporter and then the reporter is sent back to the town that she grew up in because two girls have gone missing in the last sort of like eight months and have gone missing then turned up dead. And she sent there by her, or her editor to go write the story about, go write about this town, go write about all this kind of stuff. And as she goes back, you realize that she has demons of her own. And <clears throat> the sharp objects of the title is because she's actually, from a very young age, she's been self-harming. So she's actually, so she cuts herself with sharp objects. And there's bits where she takes her shirt off and you just see her entire body is just riddled with all these scars. And she's written all these things about herself and how she thinks and sort of negative thing that she has with her so it's essentially a show about her fighting through her own demons while trying to get to the bottom of this mystery of who is like who's actually in this small town killing of this girl girls you get to meet her mom who is essentially the richest woman in the town and so sort of like sort of like a big massive socialite but also but you you get the idea that some of her issues might have stemmed from her relationship with her mom <laughs> if that makes sense yeah 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 so it becomes a little bit sort of like you know this sort of like I think it's called, how do you pronounce it, Grand Guignol or something like that, or melodrama, and it's all kind of like, ooh, and it's all heightened and gothic and so, so like, you know, South American gothic, gothic and all that, and everything's up on the plantation and all that. And this is a very, very, very slow burn of a show. 
it's kind of like if you if you actually broke down the what happens in it what, what happens in the show it could probably end up to be like you know an episode of csi but you can see that the director who did this was trying to do something arty about it and it was trying to do something that sort of like steeped you in the town that it's in and it's all about small town americana and all that kind of how everybody's in everybody else's business and how people don't really leave and even if if you leave the town you've done well for yourself uh, it stars Amy Adams as the main character. Has uh, Patricia Clarkson, who is awesome. Amy Adams is really, really. She's good. always good. Yeah. Patricia Clarkson is Patric- class. Patricia Clarkson is class. I feel like the character is a little bit one note, and she gives it like you know she sort of like you know wiggles around the one note. So she sort of, she sort of is essentially if you give you know how if you give Beyonce one note to sing, she'll warble all over and out and make the one note something a bit more than just one note. I think that's what Patricia yeah. Clarkson does with her character in this. Um, and you, do you remember when we watched It Chapter One? <coughs> yeah. And, and we said that the girl who played the girl in It Chapter One, Sophia Lillis, we were like, oh my God, when they make the second one, Amy Adams should play her. Amy Adams, because she looks exactly like Amy Adams. So apparently, the reason why that didn't happen is because of this show. Because in this show, the young version of the girl, Camille, is played by Sophia Lillis. And there's bits where they cut from, like, you know, the young. The, the young Camille to the older Camille played by Amy Adams and it's just mind-boggling how much they look alike. <laughs> it is it is mind-boggling. So I, I know it's it's on Now TV until Christmas. It's a... it's a it, I, and, and Now, Sean, you talk about things being overrated. Now, this is a show that I do think was overrated. It won awards and people were raving about it last year. It was one of the big things at the Emmys. So I was like, oh, I've got to watch this thing. I watched the first episode like probably about four months ago and it took me until now to watch the rest of it because I was just kind of, <laughs> this is a bit slow. And I watched the rest of it and I was like, oh my God. And, and it does one of those endings where it's, it's supposed to be like a twisty turny ending, but it, it left me feeling majorly, majorly uncomfortable and unsatisfied, which might have been the point <laughs> because it's, it's directed by Jean-Marc Valley and I think he does things like that. It might have been the point. I think he's the same guy who did the Dallas Bias Club, but um, so I would give this three out of five. I think it's uh, it's a good mystery. It's got good performances. It's got a good sense of location. But my God, I was sitting there going, "Please, please, please, get on with it." <laughs> it's like get on with it. Just just move, move, move. Stop being so glacial. What the heck is up with you? But yeah, yeah. So I would give that a three out of five. And so now we go back to our final film in the cinema. I mean, I've also seen the Aeronauts, but I'm going to push the Aeronauts until next week. And um, we're going to talk about a final film in the cinema. And Sean, you saw this, and that was Doctor Sleep. Yep, Doctor Sleep. Yep. So this is this is like a well, it is a sequel to The Shining, basically. Yeah. And this is the story about the young young lad that, that who was on the bicycle peddling down there. Yeah, on the bicycle peddling down. down he's, the become, he's become an alcoholic to, to try and stop The Shining. You know, to try and stop his thoughts and all that. And he, he, and he, something just tells him he's got to go to this town. And he goes to this town, and a guy says to him, "Are you okay?" He goes, "Yeah, I don't know what to do." And this guy's part of an alcoholic, alcoholics anonymous thing, and tries to help him out and says, yeah. "Right, gets him a room and all this." And he's so so he's coming round to shine, and he gets this like call for a for from someone. He starts getting the shine, and as as he becomes more and more lucid, this thing happens. And there's these group of people. That basically, they uh, they're like a group, and they find these people that shine, the, the people that have got a chance, and they kidnap them and they torture them and do horrible things, and then they feed off their energy yeah. because they've got a lot of energy. Yeah. So they 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 have like a big feast, 
and basically they this 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 they obviously find this little girl and she wants help so he goes he goes to to help her and it's you know there is really lots of nods to the shining and mm. it's it's all it, as i say it's basic sequel it's about basically what's happened to the little lad as he's grown up um i wasn't sure how this was going to go yep but it was surprisingly good it was surprisingly good actually um and it was quite exciting and it was quite uh, uh what 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 they call it when it's nail biting quite tense yep, quite, yeah yeah um yeah so there there was a lot of tension in it and the characters played and they were really nasty these people that fed on the the, the shinings these people are really, really nasty. Uh, so obviously, Stephen King knows how to do nasty, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, but obviously, there are other nasty things that feed on things that feed on shinings. You know what I mean? Ooh. So, so it all becomes, and and that's this is where where it all happens, and and it ends up back at the hotel. You know, so. So oh. is this a sequel to the book The Shining, or is this a sequel to the Kubrick film? I haven't Kubrick read the, the, Shining, the Shining, so I don't know. So it's it a, sort of sh- follows on so from the film. film. It's the film, yeah. No, it's no, 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 Sharon. Tw- tw- Sharon, oh, oh, if I may, if I may, the, uh, it has yeah. been, it has been well publicised that this is a sequel to both to both the book and the film. Okay. Right, okay. So because because obviously Stephen King famously hates the film The Shining. Even yes, though but say, you can't ignore the film because yeah. it's such a big right. presence. Can yeah, and, and the director of this, Mike Flanagan, who is a guy who ha- he has quite a good relationship with Stephen King. He adapted the film um, Gerald's Game for Netflix. And oh, by the way, if you can, watch Gerald's Game. Awesome, awesome film. And so he has quite a good re- working relationship with him. And apparently he went to Stephen King going, okay, look, I know that you don't like the film, but we have to pay attention to the film. We, because so he's so apparently and apparently even Stephen King is quite happy with this being a sequel to both the book and the film. So well, all right, that's okay, good. that's good. That's, then, good. that's good. As I say, I haven't read the book. Have you, have you read the book? No, I've only read no. a few Stephen Kings. Oh, right. yeah. I just, just don't strike me as your sort of author. <laughs> I have read some of oh, the, right. his work, but I have that's not one I have. Okay. Read. okay. Yeah. So so but, yeah. This I mean, it's it's. The, the story's quite good about these different little factions, as I say, but, you know, things that feed on things, things that chase the, the shinings or people have got a gift or whatever like that. Okay. And um, so, so they, Sean, they can Sean. get all the energy. Yep, sorry, go on. I was yeah, we're say, running out of time. Yeah, okay, we, we are, I'll give we, you a star rating. Yep. Okay, star rating, I'm going to give this one a four. I enjoyed this one. Right. All right, Better cool. than I thought. I think what it was, because I think I was going to go in disappointed and, and I quite enjoyed it. Because you're, you're a horror fan and you're a Kubrick fan as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. There was one bit I haven't jumped for. I haven't jumped for years. There was okay. one, no one no moment way. in this. When it got, oh, yes. So, so it made that got a star it, it did, on its own. Yeah, that's, that's a star on its Sh- own for making me jump the once. A film made you yeah. jump, Sean. A film made me jump. Oh, my Only a God. little jump. Yeah. <laughs> Not a major jump. This, a, oh, I didn't this know is a moment. Yeah, <laughs> this is a yet. momentous, <laughs> momentous day. This, yeah, this is a indeed, momentous indeed, yeah. day. Oh my god! Oh, Phil, yeah. I think Mike Flanagan. Forget about the Oscars. That's it. You have made Sean jump. That is it. You have achieved in your filmmaking <laughs> career. You can retire. Only mild a happy jump. Man. Only mild jump. It doesn't matter, but man. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a jump. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. So obviously, okay. So obviously, the first one is spoken the bar as a horror classic. You're a horror fan, but how would you say this um, sort of like works in comparison to the first one? Um. Different film, different type of film, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was more, I think, what I'd call more mainstream, a bit like yeah, probably in your modes of... In The um, Shining, you don't know what's real and what's not, no, do you? No, You'd never let, you're you never quite sure what no. is really happening. That's mm-hmm. it. But this, so this is more of a, I would say, you know, like those um, Twilighty films with the, yeah, with, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Fa- with the different factions. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? With like the Voltari or whatever they're called yeah. and the others and all yeah. that. So yeah, so this is a bit more... There's, there's a little bit more action. There's a little bit more for... A bit more world. Yeah, it's not, it's not so arty-farty and it's not, you know, there's so... It's so bit, it's a good film. A bit more straightforward know. horror. Yeah, and I mean, even if, if you haven't seen The Shining, you could go and watch this. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't... You'd know enough. Yeah, you'd oh. know enough. Like some films, it's like you said to me, that Al Camino, you need to have seen yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah, you yeah. do. But, well, this you don't need to have seen The Shining to, to, to get okay. the movie. Okay, good stuff. Yeah. All right, and now we go back to Netflix for the final thing. And by the way... Guys, I have absolutely no idea who's ahead right now. I'm not, I, <laughs> but we're going to go back to Netflix for Unbelievable, and this is. Uh, Your arm. <laughs> okay, Sean. I know that. I know that. Each time you hear that, it makes you want to sing that song. But from what that's I right, hear, yeah. From, from what I hear, Sharon, this nothing could be further from the tone of this TV show. No, no. This is very much like a true detective type television show. The Unbelievable. It starts basically with the aftermath of a stranger rape where a girl, a young woman, has been living in sort of protected housing, as it were. She's been growing up in foster care. She's now living independently. So it's got like, they've got like guardians who live in the house. And one morning she reports basically that a stranger broke into her room and tied her up and raped her. And then he left her tied up and she got herself free. She called her family to come and help her and then they called the police and so it starts off with um this this horrible incident which we don't see it's suggested more than seen which Mm -hmm. is a good thing in my opinion and then as her story progresses basically um the police begin to doubt her story they begin to doubt that they that she's telling the truth and so over time, she's, gets, she's repeatedly interviewed. She's constantly saying, OK, can you just go through what happened with me one more time? And then, then the, another detective is called in and says, OK, can you just tell me what happened? You know, tell me. And then she has to go through it all again. And then the next person comes in, she has to go through it again for the nurses and for the doctors. And so she's exhausted. Mm. And certain parts of her story begin to sound inconsistent. Yeah. Because at one point she says, I was tied up when I went to the phone. And then it's like, no, no, I actually got out of my bonds i wasn't tied up when i got to the phone they said okay what was it were you tied up were you not tied up you surely you must know yeah and the more pressures he's put under the more um flustered in discrepancies it it was it appears to appear in her account yeah and so eventually she's under so much pressure okay don't tell you what it didn't happen i made it all up and they said you know are you sure? She goes, well, no, it did happen, but I, don't, I can't go through this anymore. So, again, are you lying or are you not lying? Are you, do you say you lied or are you saying that you don't want to go through this anymore? Yeah. Because that's two different things. And so this young girl, she's basically put under such intense pressure that she, in the end she just says, you know what? It didn't happen. Mm. And I'm prepared to sign a statement to say I lied about the whole lot. And the police are so angry with her that they actually prosecute her for lying to police. Oh. Now, the story then jumps forward a number of years to a different part of the country. And a young student in a student house is tied up. A stranger has broken into an apartment, ties her up, rapes her. And one of the, one of the um, aspects of the first rape was that he took photographs of her um, during the assault. And then this lady reports, I was assaulted, I was raped. He took photographs of me, he tied me up, yeah. and he left. Leaving no forensic detail. He made a shower, he left no forensic evidence. 
blah 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 and they com- and they deal with it completely differently i mean it's a female detective which can make a difference the the witness is very credible she's no she's from a good background she's not from a troubled background like our first victim and she can give a good she gives a good statement she gives she's a good, it's good evidentially and they have no question that this is not a reliable case yeah and so this one detective starts looking at that saying this man who's done this this is not a first-time offender and so she just tries to basically see if she can link it to any other offenses and she goes to outside of her police district and she becomes aware of another case in another state yeah and in another police district so they're not linked because they don't they're being investigated by different police forces and then they broaden their investigation more and they keep finding more victims in different police areas. And so basically they end up with this chain of offences and it basically, the chain goes back to our very first victim. So, And this is over like eight episodes. You see them uncovering mm, the truth of, of what, you know, went on. what got, went on and then tracing back to our original victim. I mean, but basically they're saying if, the, if that investigation had been handled differently, they, they could did, potentially yeah. could have caught this offender at the early stage of investigation. So, so that's the story. It's a, it's a police investigation story based on true events, apparently. So, so based on true events. So is it more of a, is it, is, is it more of a detective story? Or is it more of a kind of like a crusade? Like, you know, well, I mean, I know it's a contentious word to use to say, it's a bit to, of, say yeah. to say we need to believe these women or something. It's a bit of both. There's certainly the detective story because you you don't know. They don't tell you who the guy, the bad guy is. You don't find out who this offender is right up until the end of the series. So you are following the trail back to this guy, and you also follow the trail back to our first victim. All right. And also, one of the detectives says, you know, people are investigating this, and she's saying, where is the outrage? Where is the outrage that these offences have been happening? And I think that's to me is like the key sentence to the whole the, the ties key, up the, the key whole thing. thesis of the entire show yeah okay. but um i've obviously my policing experience 20 over 20 years in the policing world i i don't want to give my opinion about police investigations of rapes because they are very straightforward and but they are the most complicated difficult crime to investigate and the most difficult crime to prosecute so i've had experiences from both sides not as a victim of rape but as someone yeah. who has seen how police investigation works, yeah. but I've also had a friend who has been the victim of rape. E. So I know how it works from both sides. And people who have been the victim of rape saying no woman would ever, ever not, would ever lie about this. But from the police point of view, I know that people do lie about everything. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so you have that balance of like finding, point, investigating yeah. a crime, but also believing people on when they make a statement. So, so for- getting that balance between finding evidence. Um, and so I could see why this first victim was an appalling witness. When I, when I was watching it, I was thinking that would you would never ever get that to prosecution. No. You would she would she's a really bad witness. Yeah. But you understand why she's such a bad witness as you understand her story more and more, and then why the other girl, the the the, the, the offences were identical, but one witness was entirely credible and the other one wasn't. Mm. And you could see how it makes such a bearing yeah. on how it was investigated. Yeah. So I found it fascinating from a policing point of view, but I also found that the story was actually really quite engrossing. Oh. And the performances were, you know... Tony really, Collette, really Merritt Weaver, you've got to love them. As a, yeah, Tony, Tony so, Collette and Merritt Weaver, you've got to love them. Hello? So yeah, so it's really I yeah I was really impressed by it. So I would give nods to the main the main three people who were involved in this. Um, Caitlin Deaver, who plays 
the the first rape victim. She was outstanding. Yeah. Tony Collette, yep. who was one of the the female detectives who's investigating the crimes, and particularly Merritt Weaver, I thought was very very good. I she, love we know her. her from she was in The Walking Dead mm. <clears throat> as Dr. Denise. She was in the season six, I think it was. Yeah. She was very good in that. But yeah, she was outstanding as as the, the first woman, first detective who started linking up all the offences. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was really, really good drama. A good drama, good police procedural, and yeah, a good sort of like drama with a cause almost, with a message. So yeah. I thought it, I really rated it. I thought it was very good. Can be quite harrowing at times. I mean, I found. I could be quite dispassionate about really hideous crimes of violence because of you know, obviously my job for yeah, many years. Yeah, yeah. But I found I was quite moved by certain aspects. It made me think again because when you become hardened to certain mm. types of crime, you think you forget sometimes the real human impact of what can happen when these things people go through these things. So I thought it was a really outstanding film. So I would give it a high, a very high four. Ooh, very high mm. four. So okay, so can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool. Good stuff. Yeah, because you, you mentioned Merritt Weaver. The first thing I saw her in was in Nurse Jackie. And but I I mean I've, yes. loved, I've loved everything that she's been in since I think she's I think she's a brilliant, brilliant underrated actress. Alright, cool. So that's that done. And without my Oh, this is actually quite close this week. And all that's left for us is to tell you how who has won this week. Well, this is quite close because we have Okay. We have Cinema has 3.5, 4, 3, and 4. Netflix has 4, 3, 4, and 4. So there's three identical, there's three sets of identical scores in this. <laughs> so I think by 0.5 of a point, ne- yeah, Netflix just shades it. 0.5 of a star, Netflix just shades it this week. But, but, Quite frankly, I'm happy to call that a draw because I give Terminator Dark Fate a four anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's plenty of good stuff to watch out there. <laughs> es- essentially, essentially, the winner this week is all of us. Yeah, all of us, yes. <laughs> because yeah. there, there were no absolute stinkers this week. All right. Oh, no. Yeah. Sean, Sharon, I have missed you guys. It is so good to, to have you guys back. It's so great to talk to you guys again. Unfortunately, yeah, we missed you too. And same, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like speaking yeah. to you, Tace. Yeah, yeah, but unfortunately, I have to leg it. And oh, and hello again to Rachel. How are you doing? Remember that, Rachel? <laughs> I'll tell her that. Well, well, she should know because she listens. She's been listening. Okay, yeah, she should okay, hear that. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Don't tell her. Don't tell her and see if the, and see if she actually kind of says you something. Then we'll find out if she actually really does listen. <laughs> whether she just tells us <laughs> <or> she does <laughs> alright cool anyway uh, uh, we'll see you guys next week where I will definitely be talking about the aeronauts and until then it's a goodbye from me a good night from me and a goodbye from me see you guys next week bye bye now